Welcome to Ground Up, a podcast about propelling entrepreneurship in Uganda, brought to you by Uganda Entrepreneurial Ecosystem Initiative. I'm your host, Baker Kai. Let's get started. Today we have a very special guest. I have Joachim Ewechu with me today in the studio. Welcome, Joachim. We're really happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here as well. Great. So um, before we get into talking about Shona, which is a business development service uh, provider, and you're going to tell us a lot more about that, could you start by telling us about yourself? Who is Joachim? And if you could tell us a bit about your entrepreneurial journey and what led you to actually co-found Shona. So I have a group of friends, a group of really good friends. Uh, some of them are actually my co-founders, and we've always uh, been passionate about development. And so uh, one of them specifically was always interested in the political side of things uh, because um, he, he always believed that to, you know, to, for development to happen, um, you need to... He always believed that one of the ways for development to happen is through kind of politics, right? And so he's a yeah. big Pan-African. Um, I always had a, had a distaste for politics because of, you know, how the game is played and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, was really interested in the business side. Um, I, you know, growing up, run a few kind of um, kind of small businesses with my dad, um, yeah. uh, with my parents actually, not just my dad, um, as they were looking for you know alternative sources of income. And so, kind of fell in love with businesses early on uh, from a very mm-hmm. young age. You know, making you know the usual you know small cottage industries, making the usual granite paste, soap, uh-huh. um, Vaseline lotions, uh, whatever it is. Uh, my dad is a dreamer, um, adventurous. Um, actually, both my parents are dreamers and adventurers. And so, and so, you know, kind of always believed that business was the way because you kind of, in a way, set the rules and play by your own rules. And, and there was a way to kind of, um, uh, to kind of do it differently from politics. Um, and so convinced them really that business was the way to go. And so... Um, together we started Angels, in, Angels Initiatives uh, mm. while still in school, which, which was, you know, our dream was to build um, a group of companies uh, operating at a Pan-African level, uh, providing uh, goods and services at a Pan-African level because we always wondered why so few businesses kind of are able to grow and scale to be Pan-African, just like, you know, the businesses you see in the West. Yeah. Um, so that was always a dream. We, we tried running multiple businesses at the same time, at that time, you know, we had a microfinance, we had, um, um, we had a food processing company, um, we're doing different things uh, at the same time and terribly failed. Um, I think we were a bit too ambitious and naive uh, about what it took to build a, a successful business. Um, but then we kind of met someone who told us about this idea of, you know, um, who interpreted what we're trying to do as business incubation. And so for us, it was more like we realized that our dream is always to build kind of a group of companies that can, you know, can, can become Pan-African brands. Um, there are smart people out there that are, that are starting businesses and growing them, but they're not succeeding. How about if we started a business that, that helps solve the problems that they face um, and help these, these smart people build successful businesses in a yeah. way, um, in a way would still achieve our dream of building Pan-African brands. Um, yeah. So that's that's the that, that's what sparked this off. So it started. Um, I we we started one of the first co-working spaces here. It was called the Mara Launchpad. This is back in 2012. Um, wow. It ended up being just shared office space. Then after that, um, 
kind of uh, started Shona at that time we were called Unreasonable East Africa, which was basically a franchise uh, from a different model in the, in the US mm-hmm. called the Unreasonable Institute model. Okay. Um, so they used to bring entrepreneurs from across the world, uh, bring them to Boulder in Colorado and, you know, um, you know, take them through the accelerator program, uh, providing them with access to mentors, investors, and networks that they needed to grow, to grow their businesses. Mm-hmm. And so we basically kind of fell in love with the model and kind of convinced them um, to support us to start a franchise in East Africa. And so we started off in 2013 as Unreasonable East Africa, as an accelerator program for social businesses. Um, and we, you know, used to um, uh, run these six-week programs or, you know, work with businesses from across East Africa, um, Uganda, Kenya, Tanzania, Rwanda. Um, so did that, did that, did that, run that model for a few years. Um, and then in 2019, uh, officially rebranded to Shona, um, which is what we're called now. Ah, awesome. Yeah. So Shona has been alive since 2019, but it was just a rebrand from Unreasonable East Africa yes. back in 2016. So why Shona? It's an interesting name. What does it mean? And so how different is the Shona brand from the Unreasonable East Africa brand? Yeah, well, for starters, the Unreasonable East Africa brand was a franchise from the Unreasonable Institute, which is a, a which was a, this global program. Um, yeah. So we, we rebranded to Shona for a few reasons, because our founding partners were rebranding themselves. You, you still have Unreasonable Group existing, but our founding partners, uh, that's the Unreasonable Institute, were rebranding themselves to Uncharted. So that was one of the driving factors. So it was for us a decision on whether to rebrand, stay Unreasonable, because parts of Unreasonable still exist, or take the opportunity and rebrand entirely. Uh, but secondly, we were uh, we really wanted to build an African brand, um, and so uh, you know we we are East Africans, um, we Ugandans, East Africans, and so wanted to build something, a brand that we identified with, and also that the market could identify with. Uh, yeah. And so you know we went for Shona, which um, is a Kiswahili word to stitch mm-hmm. together. Um, yeah. Kushona comes from Kushona which is, uh, represents our model really well in terms of, you know, we're really good at leveraging networks uh, and partnerships to help the businesses we work with grow. Um, and so that was one of the, them. And then we later discovered that Shona was a tribe, a, South Afri- a Southern African tribe, actually a big one. And you yeah. know, for us, it was really interesting because then um, it represented this idea of Africa, which we've always been interested in. Um, and so we're like, you know, we're local brand, we're East African, but we also... Um, have the opportunity to become Pan-African because of those roots. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. That's a great story. So I noticed that Shona's vision is to transform East African economies and societies through good business. Yeah. And you talk a lot about good business and this concept of good business. Could you tell us what that means to Shona and why it's important? So I, the idea of good business, so when we sat down and we were trying to envision uh, the world we're trying to build. Um, so we we try to project ten, you know, kind of, you know, ten years if you know we're building successful businesses, um, um, and we 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 basically realize that because of the way businesses run right now, um, we try to project what the world looks like when we're successful and when we have more businesses operating, um, and we were not quite happy with the picture. While we saw kind of new brands, uh, we were not happy with with some of the things we saw, uh, which are kind of perpetrated by how business has been run up until now. 
um, this idea of maximizing shareholder value at all costs, which is a culture of how businesses run kind of in the Western world, for example, right now. Um, and a, you know, a very big part of, of capitalism. And so we were not happy with that picture. And so when we, we tried to kind of think about, you know, how we could change that picture and change the reality for, for East Africa and the African continent, we stumbled upon, uh, we realized that the reason why businesses are causing more harm than good, they cause some good, but they also cause a lot of harm, yeah. um, was quality because of how they run, um, how they measure success, which is this idea of, you know, kind of generating profits at all costs and enriching kind of shareholders. And so we we then learned that there are very many different people who are you know who are trying to change that to uh, reform capitalism per se, um, and and realize that actually there were different ways to measure success for business, which um, um, and one of them was instead of kind of focusing on you know maximizing shareholder value at all uh, at all costs, realizing that there's so many people that come together to help a business succeed. Um, and there was a there was a way in which you could build a successful business while creating value for all those stakeholders. Um, we're talking about employees, customers, uh, partners, the environment, the communities where these businesses are best. Um, and that if you then built a business that was able to do that, then you would actually be creating a lot of good, but also you'll be building a sustainable business because uh, then that business is positioned to kind of... Uh, to stay around for a very long time. Um, mm. And so good business for us is this idea, um, you know, it also comes from our own belief that, you know, if we, the key to building kind of our economies and societies is by, um, is through building, um, is through flourishing businesses. And what we mean by that are well-run businesses. We believe that flourishing businesses are the key uh, to growing our economies and societies because of the, the type of jobs they create, good mm. jobs, uh, because they produce kind of uh, high, they produce products and services that improve quality of life. Uh, they generate wealth and they do all these things while intentionally benefiting the communities where they're best and also while protecting the environment. And uh, we believe that this is this is good business, yeah. and that's how we came up with this idea of good business, uh, which is this idea of, you know, how do you build a well-run business? That's a yeah. very important part of it, especially in this part of the world. Yeah. How do you build a well-run business? Um, that creates value for everyone that's oh, involved wow. in helping it succeed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, that's um, an interesting concept of it's, it's good because it's benefiting everyone who's a part of it and who's around it. And I like that you talk about collective action and coming together and um, benefiting the different stakeholders. And we'll get more into that a bit later. But first, I wanted to ask you, um, Shona, as a business development service provider, there's so many of them. And sometimes there's also confusion around what that is exactly. So... How do you differentiate the services you provide from that of other business development service providers? Yeah, and that is true. When we started, we were very few, right? And then, <laughs> and then yeah. a few years later, everyone was building one of these. Um, and so I think we think of ourselves, I think a, a core part of what we do is, uh, first of all, this idea of good business. It is something we care about. It's something we're still building in terms of, you know, how we integrate it quality into our work, uh, but we're making a lot of progress there. We, we believe in changing the measure of success for businesses, um, and that is by, you know, businesses that actually create value for, uh, for all their stakeholders. 
there, there are ways we think about differentiating ourselves, uh, you know, in the services we provide. We, we now prefer to work with primarily local founders. It's a big part in we're intentional about it. We we often work with you know we we still work with expert 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 founders. Uh, but we one of the big factors behind that is we care about the local partnership. So if maybe they have a local co-founder, um, um, that's a very big part in how we work. Um, the other thing is we prefer to work with growth stage businesses. Um, we prefer to work with them. We work with early stage businesses as well, but yeah. our sweet spot is really growth stage businesses. Um, yeah, those are some of the ways um, we differentiate ourselves from everyone else. Yeah, that's interesting because sometimes you find um, business development service providers offer supporting every different businesses at different stages of the life cycle. And sometimes maybe it's just a way to survive. Yes, you know? it, it is about the opportunity, right? <laughs> the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then because of that, maybe the programs are not really tailored, you know, because yeah. you have startups, you have people at the beginning of the life cycle and then you have growth stage and then those that are already mature as well and you know they're all being sort of treated the same way and yet their needs are different and unique. So Yeah, and maybe just to add to that, right? Um, and it's also not that simple. Uh, you can't, I think it's, I'm being overly simplistic when I say growth stage businesses. Mm. Um, so um, at the end of 2019, we, we did a review of, of our own strategy and what we're trying to build. And um, a part of that was kind of an action-based research where, you know, for us it was, let's go learn from the entrepreneurs. Let's go talk to them. Let's go learn about what everything that has been written about entrepreneurship and kind of uh, the goal for us, we, we, we suddenly realized that the uh, it was hard to differentiate the kind of entrepreneurs we were working with. Mm. We were coming from, we were coming, well, to give it context, we were coming from a strategy where we were focused on supporting social enterprises. And so that was very straightforward in a way, right, across different stages. Yeah. But then when we were trying to, um, because we were changed our uh, thinking of impact and realized that actually if you contextualize the word impact or social impact mm. to the East African context or to the Ugandan context, impact is jobs, right? Impact mm. is um, is products and services. So we broadened that. And so when we went out, we, we suddenly realized that we were struggling to get uh, kind of a unified group of entrepreneurs, which, uh, which led us to this question of like, well, how do you segment this market in the first place, right? It's yeah. all broad and mixed up. We've had stories of how Uganda is the most entrepreneurial country. We've seen uh, different definitions of like, you know, SMEs, the governments use SMEs and mm. uses SGBs. Um, there's the startups and SMEs. So it was all confusing, right? And we wanted mm. to learn more about all of that. And so we went out to kind of learn about what had been written and, you know, different attempts of different people to do that. And we found different ways, um, different ways and methods that different people kind of segment this market. And, and yeah, we found kind of different methods they use all the way from like, you know, gender, yeah. male, male-led, women-led, female-led, mm -hmm. to like age, youth-led, or other. Mm. Nobody say youth-led, they don't say other. Um, we found, uh, uh, you know, kind of segmentation by stage, so like early stage, kind of growth stage, yeah. you know. Yeah. We found segmentation by, you know, the characteristics of business, so like small, medium, Mm. Uh, small, medium, the small and growing. Yes. Yeah. Then we found the small and growing. So there were different methods. Mm. Um, one that we found that was particularly interesting um, that was kind of created by a group of of, of kind of funders and foundations. So Agidias or Media Network. 
um, uh, they call themselves a collaborative for Frontier Finance. That was really interesting. Was based on gro- based on growth trajectory. Okay. They did this research uh, where they were trying to learn about how to uh, provide capital to businesses based on the different kind of profiles of the businesses. Mm. And so, you know, it, it's segmentation by growth growth trajectory. It was really interesting because it talks about uh, four different types of business, categories of businesses based on business growth trajectory. Um, and so you have what you call the formalizing businesses. And, you know, um, by growth trajectory, they're, you know, they're like, you know, um, they have, you know, one to two or three employees. The founders are still very involved in the business. Um, they're not looking to grow, expand. They're just kind of looking to maintain the status quo of the business. Um, they're small. Um, they they don't have many outside employees. Um, yeah, and, you know, they're, they're just uh, uh, the founder-led businesses that are, you know, that they're just looking to keep things going and maintain kind of uh, the, the growth of their business at that stage. And then we found, you know, there were the dynamic businesses who, who are, you know, the found the entrepreneurs are a bit more ambitious and are looking to grow the businesses in terms of either revenues, uh, maybe geography, mm. geography or scale, um, but moderately over a long period of time, right? And that's why you find, you know, kind of like manufacturing businesses or, um, yeah, like manufacturing, healthcare, education kind of companies yeah. that are looking to, you know, expand. They're a bit more. The entrepreneurs are a bit more ambitious. They have more employees. And then we found, you know, what you call the uh, the the high growth businesses or the venture businesses, and these are the ones that are looking to grow really, really quickly in the shortest period of time. And mm-hmm. you know, the the, be- the easiest example of that are the tech businesses, right? Mm-hmm. We all think about uh, Silicon Valley and how you know those businesses grow to yeah. they grow really quickly in the shortest shortest period of time possible. And so for us, why that was interesting was because we started seeing that based on the type of business you're working with. The, the services they need vary, right? Mm. And so the formalizing businesses are small. They're probably not looking for crazy amounts of capital. They're just looking for maybe maybe some form of debt or maybe even not because they are happy with where they are. Uh, yeah. They just want to maintain the status quo where they are. And then you find that the, the dynamic businesses are also kind of looking to grow steadily over a long period of time. And so, um, yeah, then there you find that maybe they need some consulting may be helpful to them or maybe... Um, yeah, some actual capital injection may be helpful helpful for them as well. Um, and so maybe debt, you know, bank financing, whatever that is. Yeah. And then you find the these uh, high growth businesses um, where they're looking to grow really quickly in the short, uh, in the in the shortest period of time. And so they need large amounts of investment to be able to pull that off, right? Yeah. They need millions and millions of dollars before they even start generating kind of good revenues. Um, and that was really interesting because it was easy for us to start seeing the market and we started seeing some of the businesses we had worked with and started seeing which categories they really fall into. Did, yeah. And so then that started helping us think about our own services uh, to be able to serve them. Okay. And so the formalizing guys, they probably don't want consulting because they're not looking to expand, but they need trainings to improve business practices. The dynamic guys are looking to grow, so they need a combination of like, you know, trainings but for their staff maybe even for the founder but they also need some consulting while the high growth guys are really looking for talent and money <laughs> primarily right <laughs> yeah um and also and for a us, lot of it and a lot of it right yeah. um and so it was easy for us to also quickly realize that we are not positioned to be able to provide businesses with that type of money and we talk about them now but you realize when you look at the characteristics of them they're best in maybe silicon valley or the best in europe and mm. 
you know, they're always raising money. They're talking about millions of dollars. You can't find that money here. Mm. Uh, you find it mostly abroad, but also talent and all that. And so, so I th- you know, we realized that that was a really interesting way. It's not perfect, but it's an interesting way to start categorizing. Segmenting. Yeah, segmenting yeah. where our market is. Yeah, and yeah, and then, we, and then realized that our sweet spot is actually dynamic businesses. Um, they're looking to s- grow steadily over a long period of time. Um, um, yeah, and that was actually, you know, I think, so if you ask, yeah, actually, who are we focused on? Our sweet spot is dynamic businesses that are in the startup, but most like that are in the growth stage, but, you know, because of opportunity, we, <laughs> we kind of, you know, um, work across. Um, yeah, and also, yeah. you know, when you're categorized as a, when you categorize, it doesn't mean people stay there forever, right? People they change. Move, yeah, so a business that maybe started off, you started working with them and when the dynamic stage, at some point they could achieve success and now they're high growth and they're looking for, you know, more funding. Yeah. And that's an interesting, interesting way of breaking down the market segmenting and targeting. And I mean, you're talking about dynamic businesses, which is your sweet spot. But I know that even, even within that, there's still several like nuances that exist yeah. and needs a yeah. different yeah. Uh, for different businesses. So, how do you really customize the services that you provide for particular clients? Um, yeah. So, how do you go about that across everything we do? Right um, across, you know, whether it's a consulting engagement, whether it's a program, we start with a diagnostic. Yeah. Um, understanding, you know, uh, first of all, where is the business? You know, um, what are they trying to do, and what are the challenges they're facing, and then we. we we build, uh, we design everything we do with uh, all our support around that. So whether it's a consulting engagement, it's very, that's the kind of on the other, on one end of very tailored, right? Because yeah. it's one client, <laughs> yes. you know, um, to a large program um, as well, uh, where, where it's, you know, on the other, it's on the other side of tailored. Um, um, but yeah, we, for every program we run, um, we start there, uh, who, you know, who what are we working with? What is the problem? What are you trying to do? And then design uh, and then design our support around that. Around that. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's that's great. And speaking of uh, these different businesses and challenges, you know, as you pointed out, this last year has been a very challenging one with COVID, and it has affected so many parts of businesses. Some businesses, we were speaking off air. Some businesses, many businesses, have not been able to even make it, you know, to talk about these challenges. So from your experience working with these different um, dynamic businesses, especially, and even others, what have been the major challenges that you have seen uh, that they're facing and how have they navigated them or how have you helped them even navigate them? Yeah, so, I mean, we've seen kind of different categories of businesses, right? We've seen um, either those that have suffered greatly because of um, because of the restrictions and they can't run normally, um, you know they can you know can't access their staff, they can't access their customers. To those that have actually seen uh, an opportunity and have been able to maximize that, but across the board the challenges have been kind of similar. You would say, yeah. So all the way from like money, right? We're running yeah. out of money. How do we manage our money well to survive this? What are the changes we need to make? Uh, what are the yeah? What are the things we need to do um, to make sure we're managing our money well as a business or our resources well as a business to be able to survive? And close related to that is sales. We've had a dip in sales. How do we um, how do we you know create new strategies to be able to kind of attract customers through different channels? You know things like social media, mm. uh, or things like kind of delivery, or things like. Um, 
uh, or things like uh, you know kind of organizing to ferry clients uh, to your uh, to your establishment. So like we have a dental clinic, mm-hmm. uh, a guy's building a chain of dental clinics. You know, kind of they went that crazy. Uh, to things like our employees, right? How do we protect them? How do we make sure they're safe? Um, how do we um, how do we uh, now that our operations are shrinking? How do we manage that process? Should yeah. we let them go? Should we not? How do we keep them on? Right? It's yeah. really complex complex things um, to you know our business. Mm. You know, in this new world, are we going to be able to last? You know, two, three, four months. We don't have cash in the bank to do that. What should we do? Um, where do we find the money to be able to help us run? What decisions do we need to make now to help to, to ensure we, you know, we're around, you know, um, we, we don't know when COVID is going away. Like, how do yeah. we plan How do we plan for all these? So, so um, it ranges uh, across across all those. Those are some of the questions that we saw people asking. Yeah. Um, yeah. During that time, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, speaking of challenges, we know, I mean, even before COVID, Access to finance has been a main challenge, a, a major challenge for businesses, um, where they feel that they're not supported or the systems are not really working in their favor. Yeah. Uh, you find businesses trying to finance long-term needs with very short-term, expensive capital. So, how do you help entrepreneurs access the right funding or funding that's better suited to their needs? Yeah, so this is something we've uh, we've been really really good at uh, from the beginning, and you know the, the access to capital um, challenge has very many layers to it, right? Mm-hmm. But I'll start with how we how we help companies access uh, access capital. So um, I think uh, one from you know uh, helping them um, kind of improve their own internal systems and processes uh, to be ready to raise funding. We call, in, in our BDS world, we call it investment readiness. I don't yes. know who coined that term. <laughs> we, yeah. we now call it investment readiness. Um, so there is that, and then you realize maybe that, you know they need to uh, to gain more traction, so they need to maybe sell more to be able to kind of uh, attract the right, attract investment. Um, um, so, or, or, you know, also helping them, you know, help kind of working them to understand, okay, like what type of capital do you need? Do you need, is it a grant that's best suited for you? Or do you need debt or do you need equity? Um, and also in the myriad of investors out there or the available capital resources, where is the best, uh, best opportunity to go and find money or find money? That's all part of our suit of kind of like investment readiness, uh, which is basically where are you going? What you need the money for? Which money is best for you? Who out there um, could is worth pursuing? Right, that's how I'd summarize it. Uh, that's an, maybe an amateur way of summarizing. My colleagues will do better to do that. So we start there, um, and then and then once we know the opportunities, uh, the potential opportunities, we also um, so investment raise we also do you know we also actively participate with the with the companies in the fundraising process. So we have a network of over hundred investors that we've built mm. or curated over time. Um, it's a mix of like angels, foundations, uh, impact investors. Um, uh, yeah, so the myriad of those and you know, identifying who who is the best person for you, curating a list of potential investors, okay. um, then doing the introductions and then kind of walking alongside the entrepreneur through those conversations. Um, mm. um, yeah, and in a way, coaching them through the fundraising process all the way to closing. So okay. it's a thing we do. We used to do it as part of our accelerator programs. We do it now as, as part of our consulting work. Okay. Um, and now we've broken that down. We do that as trainings as well in our programs, right? Um, so that's that's uh, uh, that's one way we uh, one way we do it. 
Um, the, the other way we've been trying to do it is we, we quickly realized that um, when you look at uh, kind of the investment of financial world, there's a lot of money floating around, but it's really not tailored or customized to the businesses that are available. So you have a few categories, right? And I'll maybe talk about the, the big ones you have right now. So you have the impact investors. Yeah. When you look at them quality, they're looking for high growth businesses. Mm. Um, they're, they're modeled out of the Western VC. It's a Western VC model where you know you make 10 investments and one of them is going to return um, all your capital. Yeah. Um, so it's a very, they're looking for businesses that are going to grow big really quickly. Um, those are venture businesses. Mm. And very few, very few um, uh, local entrepreneurs are building those kinds of businesses because of, again, so many factors. Yeah. Uh, like we mentioned, capital, mm. talent, you know, there are all these reasons why, exposure, blah, blah, blah. So you, you have impact investors, most of them, 95% of them are looking for those kinds of businesses. Mm. And I think they should be, they, they talk about it in their criteria, but they don't, I think it, it's important they start explicitly talking about it mm. like that. Then you have some, um, then you have what we call the banks, right? And you have models that are modeled out of that. So the banks, for them, they, are, they give debt, Mm. They, they're not looking for the high growth. They're, they're targeting really the, the dynamic businesses. But you realize that they're, they're looking for collateral. It's a very big part of, 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 of how they lend. Um, and you find that most, most entrepreneurs don't have collateral. Um, they don't have the right collateral requirements to be able to access, access those loans. So, that, mm. so, they, so there are people who access that money. Most of them don't. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things we've been doing is playing around with this idea of like, could you build a certain type of uh, investment vehicle um, mm-hmm. or a certain type of way to provide uh, companies with businesses? And so, um, yeah, so could you build, a, could you build a, an alternate way of helping companies kind of raise funding? Um, and so uh, we've been running a few experiments there. We have one that's ongoing right now. Um, we call it the Shona Loan Facility. Yeah. Well, you know, we're currently giving kind of loans um, to vetted businesses, um, uncollateralized loans to vetted businesses of between five thousand to ten thousand dollars as the first investment, uh, with the opportunity to refinance those. Um, the twelve-month loans, five thousand, ten thousand dollars, the opportunity to re- refinance those um, when you pay, and also there's an opportunity for those loans to grow bigger. Um, but instead of kind of asking for collateral, we're we're trying out an experiment where we're pairing the money with with heavy technical assistance. So our team um, working with the business, providing BDS to the business, and also um, uh, in a way monitoring uh, how the investment is doing and supporting the businesses to grow with that money. So that's mm. that's one one we're doing. Uh, we ran a fast pilot of that that went really well um, with the businesses we uh, we kind of give money to. Yeah. We're running a second pilot of that now. Where it's a bit more expanded, um, and if it all goes well, we want to kind of you know you know share our learnings and roll it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, but okay. it, it's one of those. It's not. Yeah, it's just one of those experiments we're running. Um, yeah, to see how we can help drive more capital uh, to businesses here. Without them having the, the collateral requirement yeah. which the banks... So instead of the money. collateral, we're yeah. de-risking the loans with this kind of heavy technical assistance. Um, so, you know, our belief is that by monitoring them closely, things like their accounts and all yeah. that, um, yeah, we're able to kind of uh, remove the 
the correct reduce the risk in some way. Reduce the risk, yeah. That's how we're de-risking them. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's yeah, I think I think I think more money, um, I think what we need in this market is basically more risk capital. Uh Mm. we need more we need more money to take risks. Uh, mm-hmm. Some will be lost, some will work, and then you build businesses, maybe generate wealth, and then those entrepreneurs will kind of create the future of, of capital yeah. in this market. Um, I, you know, when when you when you meet every you know every lots of entrepreneurs I meet and talk to, um, a lot of them have this ambition of like one day I want to grow, I want to grow my business, succeed. And one of the things I'm going to do is maybe, you know, start giving money or start making investments. Yeah. When you look at how it has happened in the, in the Western world as well, how it's happening on the African continent, when you think about the high growth businesses, mm. the entrepreneurs that have built high growth businesses and exited, those are those are the angel investors. Yeah. And so someone, um, I think someone needs to <laughs> lose some money. Lose some money in order to catalyze and... Yeah. more as well and create more opportunities yeah yeah uh, okay, well maybe yeah. they, they may not lose it but yeah but it's very risky Risk capital yeah. Yeah. We, yeah we we need a lot more people like that we need to stop talking about it and we need to start doing it uh yeah yeah, yeah. great and i mean with speaking about capital and financing a business what about shona itself because you're also a i don't know would you consider yourself still a startup or are you in the dynamic if we're to use that yeah. way of segmenting a dynamic business we we are a startup. Uh, you know, we we changed again. We changed our strategy yeah. beginning of last year, and yes. you know we've been building it slowly. Um, yeah, so we're, we're still a startup. Um, we are we depend on kind of multiple sources of income now, which which we build ourselves to be to uh, you know. At the beginning, when we were running the, our previous strategy, we had this belief that we could charge entrepreneurs um, mm. for our services, and you know it was a. It's grown in the idea of if you provide a good service to the to the company, they'll be able to pay, right? Yeah. Um, we knew that well, they maybe couldn't afford our, you know, our services, you know, because you know it costs us like up to twenty five thousand dollars to work with a company. Mm. They couldn't afford that at the beginning, but then we found interesting structures uh, to do that. So we had you know revenue share agreement with the businesses, and then we had a, we also used to charge them a percent of funds raised, right? That happened. Yeah, that happened a bit much later. Um, and so um, we we had some success with that model, but then quickly realized that the pace of growth of that model was not going to be sufficient to kind of sustain our own operations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was one of the one of the reasons why we kind of uh, had a rethink of our strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and now you know now have the consulting side, which has been slow because of kind of the everything that's been going on, but we've had some good progress there. So consulting where we charge. Which are the companies, um, and then one of the things we did was, you know, when we thought about it, we we're like, well, where is the money, right? If the entrepreneurs don't have the money, who has the money? We realized development partners have the money, and so that that was the idea behind our programs uh, service, mm. which is, you know, we partner with them to run those programs, and that's where most of the money comes from. Um, and then we also have, um, um, we also have. Uh, uh, we also have some core funders who who as philanthropy, right? Uh, people who who kind of give us uh, money every year. Um, yeah, so that those are the three sources we're doing right now. And okay. again, we're still a startup. It's early days, but 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 there's a lot of promise. Um, you know, in kind of especially the. T- in all the streams, basically. Okay, yeah. so yeah. some of the major streams you mentioned are the funders and the development partners, yeah. right? And that's yeah. 
what helps you actually survive. So now my question is, what happens when the, their priorities change? What happens when the priorities of these funders change um, and they're no longer able to subsidize the costs of the services that you provide? How do you then remain prof- profitable or what's your plan then to survive? Well, thankfully, that feels like it's still a few years away. Um, and that's why we're building kind of um, all, all of these streams together. Um, you know, we're hoping that, you know, by the time that happens, our consulting side is doing really, really well. Um, but we also, I think we know that funders' priorities change, but this this world of um, SMEs and economic development is going to be around for a while until we actually develop, <laughs> economically develop. Yeah. And so I think we know some funders' priorities are going to change, but there will be um, new funders, um, hopefully, but also we know... Th- the forms will change, and so we'll have to reinvent ourselves around that. Mm. Uh, that that is the the bet we're making, right? Um, yeah. Just like when your customer changes, you change your product or service as well to serve the new customer. Is kind of how we're similarly thinking about it as well right now. Um, it's inevitable for any business for for an existing customer to change their preferences and want to do something else. So, mm. I think for us the question is, and how do we evolve uh, yeah. to be able to kind of continue uh, meeting that customer need and continue surviving. That's very much how we're thinking about it right now. Okay, all right. So um, just shifting gears a bit, uh, you talked about community a lot uh, in the beginning and Shona appears to have this strong sense of community. Um, You have this program called Shona Experts, the Shona Experts Network. And um, you also highlighted some others in your introduction. So could you tell us about the Shona Experts Network and just how you've leveraged collective action to benefit the business? Yeah, so I think from the beginning we've always, I think we built ourselves as, uh, um, we. I think we've intentionally always realized that there's so many people out there that are doing great things and the question for us has always been how do we leverage that? So when we used to run our accelerator program, we 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 had a uh, a core part of it was a mentorship program uh, where we you know we built a network of over two hundred mentors from across the region and internationally um, that would you know kind of volunteer their time to work with the businesses we worked with. Um, so um, those were really the experts. Our expertise was finding the businesses, designing the kind of the the program how it's supposed to run, and then finding those people, the right people. And making sh- pairing them with the entrepreneurs that was our expertise, and then, but these people were the subject matter experts, right? Um, yeah, so that's always been a big part of our DNA. And uh, when we changed our strategy, we also realized at that time that a lot of these mentors were, you know, had a lot of deep experience and wanted to do more. Um, but as mentors, uh, yeah, they, they always wanted to do more to kind of work with the businesses more. And so we then transitioned the mentorship program that we used to run into what we call the expert network. Okay. And these are basically now um, the difference is the mentorship network, me- mentorship program was voluntary. Mm. Um, the expert network, we actually pay, we pay these experts for their time. Mm. Um, and so... Yeah, and these are individuals with at least 10 years industry or subject matter expertise um, and that we work with, um, that we work with uh, to, you know, to support the to businesses. support the businesses. Yeah, so whether through consulting, clients. we bring yeah. them in. When we have a consulting engagement, we find the right expert in our network and then mm. kind of, okay. uh, yeah, have them work with, uh, pair them with a the company or through our programs. Whenever we have a kind of big program, 
yeah. we bring them in and also uh, structure payments for them accordingly. Okay. So what about collective action um, outside of Shona and the, uh, the Shona networks that exist uh, with other business development service providers or um, entrepreneur support organizations? Yeah. Are there any... Um, any such collaborative um, initiatives that you are part of. You know, at UEI, we're very passionate about that, you know, getting these different organizations to not stop working in silos and actually start working together. So what areas, um, one, what areas do you think could benefit from such collective action? And then also what collective action are you involved in and what impact have you seen? Yeah, um, just on the the community side also, our entrepreneurs, right? we have a big alumni. Uh, alumni, we've you know we've been kind of looking at ways to engage them more and you know um, make them more part of this community. Um, and we're, you know we're always doing that. Uh, um, yeah, we're always we also rely on these entrepreneurs because you know kind of the idea is you know how to build this community of of good businesses, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that as well. On the kind of collective action, we we are part of uh, we're part of a few groups um, that exist here. Um, so, for example, we you know we're members of Andy, of course, uh, mm-hmm. who's one of the people that brings together kind of uh, entrepreneur support organizations or BDS providers, um, mm-hmm. and so participate uh, participate actively in the network in in the region. Uh, we're also members of Startup Uganda, uh, which is um, it's a new association for entrepreneur support organizations as well. Uganda and entrepreneur support organizations as well um, has been really interesting, and you know, they, they, they've been it's been really interesting kind of things we do. Things like, you know, how do we drive more 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 funding towards ESOs, mm-hmm. entrepreneur support organizations? Uh, things like how do we build the capacity of entrepreneur support organizations? Um, as part of that, we've benefited from being part of like the Mastercard COVID relief program that came through Startup Uganda, where we got some bit of funding to, to kind of support entrepreneurs to respond to and recover from the impact of COVID last year. Yeah. Um, to like you know, uh, we've had the opportunity to have our, you know our colleagues attend capacity building workshops and things like M and E and and fundraising and things like that. So um, it's been very active and it's been really interesting to be part of that. Um, yeah, I think that those are the two groups we're part of, and I think everyone is is each of these groups is consistently having conversations. You know, how do we do better? How do we uh, provide better support to entrepreneurs? How do we kind of build this entrepreneur ecosystem? Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And have you experienced any challenges uh, from working together or trying to come together to solve issues um, with? The organizations that you've been a part of, um, you, mentioned, you mentioned the Startup Uganda is still new. Uh, the idea is great and the impact is seen, as you've highlighted, but are they, what are the main challenges that you have experienced uh, when it comes to collective action? I think some of the challenges, um, this is generally, I'm not going to, I'm not saying yeah. Startup Uganda, but I think yeah. generally from my experience with these, with these groups, I think starts from um, it's something we all need to kind of figure out and do better, right? Is that why we want to collaborate. Uh, I think often we want to collaborate with each other, but we're also quote-unquote competitors, mm-hmm. right? And so there is always that friction. Um, I think there are ways to find a commonality around that friction. Yeah. So maybe when you work on, uh, and some, some of those ways are when, we, when we're working on 
kind of uh, an issue that is bigger than ourselves. Um, yeah. And so in this case, COVID relief program, that was bigger than all of us. And so it was easy yeah. to come together to do that. Um, there's ecosystem building. It's bigger than all of us. We're all facing the, similar cha- the same challenges. So I think there is that, um, mm. which has been, which I think um, it, there's always a tension that we all have. Um, we rarely talk about it. We probably don't talk about it at all, but it's a natural tension that exists. And I think... I think for all of these groups, um, figuring that figuring out that balance is really key and important. Yeah, um, yeah, I would say that I would say that's the biggest. But we, you know, we've collaborated with a lot of kind of different, you know, kind of other BDS organizations. Whether it's sharing pipeline, um, that's a big thing. You know, from the beginning, that that kind of that was a very big part of our own success because mm. a lot of people referred. Um, we find a lot of people to us uh, for our programs and we did the same to them. I think that was a, a very big kind of area of collaboration um, um, as well for us and that was really beneficial. Um, I think the opportunities, um, there, are, there are more opportunities for us to collaborate. I think um, I think with things like, things like, you know, advocacy, right? How yeah. do you come around certain issues that, you know, affect, that are bigger than us? Things like, you know, could we, could we advocate on behalf of the interpreters we work with, with things like tax, with things like, uh, um, yes, like taxation policy is a big common one. That's an area we can all come together mm-hmm. and kind of work together on things like money, f- yeah, access to financing. Nice. It's a big one, right? Um, it doesn't affect one person, it affects all of us. And I think there's a role we, we, we need to play in, in, you know, how do we maybe create new vehicles? How do we collaborate with like maybe banks and impact investors to kind of rethink this idea of, you know, how do you f- the kinds of businesses in this context? Yeah, exactly. I think the last... Human capital as well. Human capital is yeah. one of them. Um, though, you know, as, there's also natural tension there because mm. then you find that, you know, I think the human capital problem is a big one that we all have to solve, but then there's a natural tension there of like, will my person go work for the other person? That's, you know, we don't talk about it, but yeah. it's there. So how do you think we can start actually talking about these things? Because as you've said, they're there, people recognize them, and in order to get over them, um, such that now we can actually come together that common agenda and solve these problems that are affecting all of us, how would you say we, we start talking about them or do you have any specific examples where you've been able to um, navigate that? Yeah, but I think I think the work that is going on, I think there are people who whose role is that. Um, you know, like that, I, I think the people who's, who, who that's there also, you know, like mm. UEI is a very mm. good example, right? Mm. As like Startup Uganda is a very good example as private mm. sector foundation. I think it's about like the kind of, conver- even Andy, right? The kind of conversations I think it's having someone who kind of brings us together. That's a very mm. good first step. Uh, and someone who can lead these conversations and curate these conversations. Um, yeah, create these conversations. And then, you know, I think then the rest is us actively participating in those conversations. Um, I think that's that's the best way that you, you do this. Um, yeah. Because yeah. we're also, you know, mm-hmm. we're also always, we're all busy, right? Trying to survive <laughs> and trying to build our own organizations, yes. right? There's yeah. another factor. Yeah. That is true. That is true. All right. So I guess just winding up, um, you define success for Shona. You spent. You talked about good business at the start of this interview, but um, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs and businesses looking for capacity building support? From your experience, um, 
with Shona and you know the different businesses that you've been in, involved with, what advice would you give them uh, when it comes to one defining success for themselves and also to um, accessing the support that you provide or other BDS service providers provide? Yes, I think I think I mean know what you're trying to build. What like be clear about what you're trying to build why you're going, be clear about the challenges that you have. I think that's that's important. I think sometimes, uh, I think being self-aware is a very key part of, of this whole process. And you may talk to someone and then you realize that that's probably not the challenge because sometimes you may be focusing on a symptom uh, when the root cause is different, but at least knowing exactly, you know, where you're going mm. and, you know, what challenges you face is a very good start. Um, and then um, scan around. There's so many of us, right? Uh, mm. Scan around and um, understand what do we all do, or try to understand what do we all do. Hopefully, when you know, with UEI mm. and Startup Uganda, it will be easier to know the different types of people and what they do. Yeah. Talk to multiple players and understand exactly what value they add to you. Uh, talk to them. Talk to the entrepreneurs that have been through their programs. That's a very big part as well. Um, and then choose um, who you want to work with. Um, and then you'll find that you know some of us do different things as well. So you may work with us, and then you may work with a Synapse or a Growth Africa or an Open Capital Advisors as well, and that's okay because maybe the services we offer are different, um, and that's okay too. But don't forget what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I worry about people who, who then jump from program to program. Mm. Um, yeah, you jump from program to program and it's easy for that to become the point um, when the point is you know, you're trying to build your business. Mm. Um, I think we also need to get better ourselves at organizing ourselves better and making sure that I think some of the reasons why people jump from program to program is because people go with expectations and then they don't get them when they go to the next one. Yeah, exactly. I think there is a challenge for us uh, BDS providers as well to improve in that area. Of uh, clearly stating what it is you're actually going to do, where exactly you're going to help, and then also for the entrepreneurs to do their due diligence exactly before they sign up. And I think exactly. also what you've you've pointed out is knowing your goal yeah. and and sticking to it. Yeah, so that's some really good advice. Um, yeah. you know, um, as you know, one of the things that you I also uh, is passionate about doing is just surfacing the activity, what's happening. So for the people that are listening, the entrepreneurs that are listening, what activities do you have on the horizon? Are there any events that you'd like to highlight coming up probably ne- in the next couple of months um, that our listeners can take advantage of or yeah, be a well, part of? Yeah, so we, we have our consulting uh, service that's always open. Um, mm. So feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we, you know, some of the things we do is strategy, operations, finance, uh, financial management. Um, some of the things we help businesses with, uh, you know, strategy, yeah. um, the operations, uh, financial management, um, helping them become investment ready, helping them raise funding. Um, you know, so those some of the services we provide. So definitely check us out. Um, and where can they reach you? Um, I think our website has has a lot of uh, details on how people can reach us. We've tried to make that easy. Um, yeah. We also have programs and initiatives we're always kind of designing and we'll kind of advertise that. So kind of look out for us on our website, um, our social media. We always advertise those. Um, 
And then uh, we have this loan facility program. We're always looking for businesses that are looking for money. Um, of course, you know, uh, it's not automatic that, you know, when you come to us, you're going to find money. There's always like criteria, you know, um, to try to assess the right business um, uh, for, for the kind of money we're giving. But we're also always looking for those. We're always continuously looking for for businesses um, that want this money, that need this money, um, and that we can give this money to. Yeah, so those are some of the ways uh, that people can reach us. And then lastly, yeah. we are we are in the final stages and probably we'll do this in the last quarter of the year. We're publishing a few reports of some of the things we learned mm-hmm. from our own research. It's been it's taken a long while because of our team shrunk and you know capacity and all that, but we're finally there. Uh, we're almost there. And it's just sharing, right? Like this is what we this is what we found in the market, right? And yeah. um, we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, we talk to over one thousand five hundred entrepreneurs in that process. Wow. Oh, we, ha- we have data from over 1,500 entrepreneurs. The website is shona.co, right? Yes. That's S-H-O-N-A. And then uh, your socials, um, Shona Limited on Instagram and Shona Group, I see on Twitter and Facebook. On Facebook, yeah. Yeah, you asked, a, you asked me an interesting question about success. I feel like I missed it because uh, I've been thinking about it um, um, in the background and I missed it. Um, yeah, in terms of, I think I think good business is the idea, but you know, I think for us, a driving factor, you know, um, a lot of the businesses we've worked with are are playing a big role in you know in people's lives right now. Um, you know, for example, you know, when you look at me, right, uh, when I want to go to the dentist, I go to Max Dental, um, the company we worked with. Uh, drinking water, I drink Jeep water, right. I have loads of friends who prefer the, the the ceramic water filter. They drink spouts of water. They purify, right? It's a company we worked with as well. Um, at home, I use LPG. I use West Gas, a company we worked with as well. Jibo mm. as well is now doing gas, right? Mm. Uh, I'm right now wearing shoes of a company we worked with, Enda, right? The best in Kenya. So a lot of businesses that we've worked with, um, yeah. we met that were ideas or were very early. have grown now and... Um, and are kind of playing an active role in in, in kind of the lives of pe- in East, lives East Africans, right? Yeah. Um, and you know we're proud of that, uh, and you know we're grateful that we had a chance to play a small role in who they have become right now. Um, and I think for us, success is how do we build more of those, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how yeah, how do we how do we you know how do we see more successful businesses, um, and especially how do we see more successful good businesses? Um, that is that is. Um, a very big driving factor for us. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I like that. You know, you find you're supporting businesses and they actually benefit, they, they become a part of your own life as an individual and, of course, so many others as well. All right. So um, do you have any other final thoughts or parting words that you'd like to share before we conclude? I, I thought, I'll, yeah, I thought I would start with this, but um, this ecosystem is complex. Um, and so, you know, um, it's it's complex. Um, there are a lot of challenges with it. There are a lot of kind of uh, things that people are uncovering, right? Uh, but just to just to kind of say, like you know, w- you know, we we are learning a lot and every day uncovering new things about it. Um, and just to encourage everyone that's facing challenges, uh, just to remind that yeah, it is complex. It is hard work. Um, anyway, you know, keep going because eventually all our collective action is going to lead to something, um, and you know. Eventually, we will succeed because someone else, another BDS provider, 
or another, you know, someone else who's active in this space that uh, managed to figure out a small thing. So yeah. just encouraging us to uh, to keep to keep learning um, and keep sharing. I think there's a, a very big opportunity on the research side. You don't have a lot of from our research. We we, we found out that you don't have a lot of data mm. or a lot of information mm. on kind of entrepreneurship in this part of the world or what it takes to be a successful business or, you know, th there's not much uh, around that. And so just encouraging everyone to, you know, kind of dig deeper, learn, share, um, and let's build this body of work uh, together. Yeah. Keep learning and keep sharing. I like that. Thank you so much, Joachim, for coming on the show. Um, it was a pleasure having you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So tune in to Ground Up every Monday. Subscribe and share this content if you find it useful. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever else you listen to podcasts.